Hi, folks. I'm back. I have enjoyed my summer away from the studio, but I am ready to get back in. I've got so many exciting guests and topics that we're going to cover. If this is your first episode, welcome! I'm Wound Care Karen, and I have a passion for wound care. Today's episode is for healthcare providers, anyone who prescribes wet-to-dry dressings, or anyone who performs wet-to-dry dressings. So that's physicians, nurses, nurse practitioners, physical therapists, physician assistants, medical and nursing students. You get the idea. I'm going to explain the definition of wet-to-dry the history of this type of dressing, and why it really has no place in modern wound care. But first, let's take a small commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by the letters Whiskey, Tango, and Foxtrot. Okay, we're back. Before I explain the history of what to dry, I think it's important to define. Because I've come to realize that many practitioners mistakenly use the term wet to dry and they mean something else. So let me explain exactly what a wet to dry dressing is. A wet to dry dressing means that a moist gauze is placed on the wound, it's allowed to dry, and then it's removed such that it pulls off debris during removal. The whole intent of wet to dry dressing is mechanical debridement to remove debris. This type of dressing is usually performed one to four times per day. And again, the dressing should be dry when removed, so it sticks to the wound bed. And as you pull it off, the stuck material comes along with it. This includes dead tissue as well as living tissue. There's no way to separate the two. Anything stuck and adhered will be removed with the dressing. Now, those of us in wound care call that non-selective debridement. So I know what most of you are thinking. You're thinking, but wound care, Karen, that's not what wet-to-dry dressing is. That's not what I mean when I say wet-to-dry. So bear with me. Let me explain the history of this treatment. Then let's explore the many, many reasons why we should not be doing what to dry. And then we can talk about moist wound care and what to correctly call it. Now, as always, I will include links in my show notes with the resources I used in my research. Okay, so let's jump into our TARDIS and head back to the middle of the 19th century. So about the 1850s, 1860s. This was when Louis Pasteur was developing the idea of germ theory. At the time, a young surgeon by the name of Joseph Lister was troubled by the extremely high mortality rates of surgical patients. So he learned of this germ theory and that propelled Dr. Lister to create new antiseptic surgical techniques. Eventually, his success in decreasing mortality rates earned him a place in medical history. One of his techniques included placing cotton batting, which was coated in carbolic acid into the wounds, allowing it to dry and then forcefully removing it and thus, the wet-to-dry dressing concept was born. So that was in the late 1800s. And eventually the carbolic acid was replaced with 0.9% sterile saline, or sometimes even Dakin solution. And that technique carried us through two world wars and billions of wounds. So now let's jump back into our time machine and head to the 1960s, when Dr. George Winter demonstrated that contrary to conventional wisdom at the time, wounds heal faster if kept moist. And since that time, study after study 
has proven that theory. Moist wound healing promotes faster healing with less scarring. So that's just one of the reasons why wet to dry dressings should have died out by the 1970s. The majority of wounds should not be allowed to ever get dry. And let's not make light of the worst characteristic of the wet to dry dressing. It is inherently painful each time a dressing is removed. It literally causes trauma to the wound and pain to the patient. And it's done up to four times a day? That's just barbaric to allow this kind of torture of your patient. And each time the dressing is pulled out, the trauma causes vasoconstriction and hypoxia of the wound bed, effectively stalling the healing process. Another reason wet to dry is not effective is because of wound temperature. Wounds require warmth to heal. And each time a dressing is changed, the ambient room temperature slows down the healing of the wound. And it can take up to two hours for the wound to achieve optimum warmth again. So that brings us up to the 1990s, when a young wound care Karen, of course, I wasn't called wound care Karen back then, I was just nurse Karen. I was working in long-term care, also known as a nursing home, and I performed a lot of wet to dry dressings. And I used to love charting it because, now remember, back then we did paper charting, okay? The shorthand version of wet to dry was a W followed by a forward pointing arrow and then a D. And that stood for wet to dry. Oh, it was so much fun to write. And I just thought it was hot shit for my creative penmanship and my amazing nursing skills. Oh my Lord. Another abbreviation for wet to dry was WTD and hence... The title of this episode, I mean, come on, it practically wrote itself. It wasn't until 2003, when I was trained in the specialty of wound care, that I truly learned the problem with wet to dry. But the question that haunts me to this day is, why was I taught wet to dry dressings in my nursing school in the 1990s? And worse yet, why is it still being taught in nursing schools and medical schools today? Why does this outdated tradition persist despite mounting evidence against it? So let me postulate. I think that most providers, when they talk about wet to dry, I think they mean wet to moist or simply moist dressings. I think they mean this, taking a piece of gauze, moisten it with saline or something else like a hydrogel, putting it in the wound and then covering it with a dry dressing and securing it and then changing it once a day or every second or third day with the intent of keeping the wound moist, not allowing it to dry. I think that because the recipe calls for a wet layer and then a dry layer, that's why the misnomer wet to dry is used. I think it's a simple misunderstanding, but let's be perfectly clear. This type of dressing is called wet to moist or simply a moist dressing. Okay, let me play devil's advocate and say there's there's one provider out there who does not believe in moist wound healing, that they really firmly, firmly believe in the value of mechanical debridement of the wound and they fully intend to allow the dressing to dry for that reason. So they write for wet to dry. So the nurse is removing the dressing and the patient screams in pain because it bloody hell hurts. So the nurse stops what he or she is doing and they moisten the dressing with saline. It comes off easier and with less pain. So again, let's be perfectly clear. If you moisten the dressing to remove it, it is not a wet to dry dressing. So you're thinking to yourself, oh, wound care Karen, what's the big deal? So what if we're using old inaccurate terminology? We all know what we mean, come on. Well, do we? 
I mean, I just presented two scenarios that are very different. We are practicing science. Medicine is a science, nursing is a science, and I really think it's imperative that we use correct terminology to reflect our level of understanding. And I encourage you, whether you're a nursing student, a medical resident, or a new physical therapist, I encourage you to question outdated practices, challenge the establishment, and demand evidence-based practice. During my research for this episode, I found a really cool article. It was written by Barbara Dale and Denise Wright. And again, I've linked it in my show notes. It was written in 2011 for a journal called Home Healthcare Now. The article was called Say Goodbye to Wet-to-Dry Wound Care Dressings. And it covers everything I've mentioned today. And it even includes a script of what to say to providers who prescribe wet-to-dry dressings. So the script is to be used by the home health agency when they get an order for wet to dry, the nurse can call the ordering provider and use that script to get the order changed. The script explains in a very kind but professional manner that traditional wet to dry is painful for the patient and it proposes a wet to moist dressing instead. I think this is really helpful because it can be very intimidating as a young nurse or someone new to their field to challenge an ordering provider. So this is a really cool tool and I encourage you to look it up. Now, unfortunately, my research also turned up new videos as late as two months ago of nurses training the audience on how to perform a wet to dry dressing. And all of the videos did say the proper way to remove a wet to dry dressing is to pull it out dry so that you mechanically debride the wound. So this brings up a whole other point. If you are not an expert in something, please do not make a video and publish it on the internet. If you are not willing to research the history and current evidence, please do not promote it. As nurses or other healthcare providers, we should be demonstrating evidence-based practice. Wet-to-dry dressings have been disproven since the 1960s and have no place in current practice. I hope you learned something today, uh, maybe the history of wet to dry or the work of Dr. George Winter, and I implore you to help me abolish this archaic wound treatment and to promote moist wound healing. And if, like many, you've been accidentally calling it wet to dry, well, it's as simple as calling it wet to moist or simply moist dressing. And I get it. The word moist is one of the most hated words. So if it bothers you that much, then consider calling it a saline dressing or a hydrogel dressing. It's that simple. And bless you for hanging in there because I've said the word moist or moisten no less than 11 times. So bless your little heart. Folks, this podcast was recorded in my studio on the hill in San Antonio, Texas in September of 2023. It was written, produced, and edited by Wound Care Karen, and I did it all while wearing white after Labor Day. The views expressed here belong to me and not my employer or affiliates. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give me a five-star review. If you have ideas for future podcast content, please drop me a line at contact at woundcarekaren.com or message me on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. I'm Wound Care Karen, and please remember folks, time does not heal all wounds. So if that happens to you, please seek help from a wound care professional.